With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Italian food is better than Jewish food. <laughs> Correct. That's actually really funny. Like, who's that guy that yes. does that? S- S- Sebastian Manister, yes. something like that. He's like, you ever hear someone be like, I have a hankering for a gefilte fish? No, I don't. <laughs> yes. No one goes, let's go to the Jewish restaurant. Right. Yeah, exactly. Good, right. <laughs> hey, everybody. Happy Monday. It is the 18th. Um, we are doing something we have not done in a very long time. Very long time. Very long. What is this? A fan mail mailbag? It's a mailbag episode. We're just responding to questions. That's all we're doing. We haven't really done this. Uh, Josh and I were laughing because when we used to do this back at like episode 10, Mark Bajit and Seahawk Scout would send in their questions and we'd go, oh man, I, I hope we have more than just these two fans. <laughs> so when Josh tweeted and put the Instagram up, by the way, a lot of people were DMing me because they thought I put it up and I was like, nope, nope, nope. nope. This isn't me. <laughs> this Josh. isn't me. I started laughing because the DM inbox blew up. I showed it to Ina, my girlfriend, and she was dying. This is your this is your show. You, I don't know you, if it's my show. You've collected all of them. I you've did done some the dirty work. Yeah, it was amazing to see how many people sent in questions. Because like, it's how not, many would you say we got? Hundreds, hundreds, and that's not a joke. Like at episode ten, Seahawk Scout and Mark Bajan were the only two people that sent in questions. Bajan sent like eight questions. Yeah, himself. he would send in eight questions himself, and then sometimes I would read all eight and just say Mark Bajan, or we would just make up names. Are they still listening to us though? I hope yeah, so. They okay. Bajan sent in a question. Okay, good. Bajin. I don't know. I think Seahawk Scout's doing his own podcast. Oh, yeah, he's got. His thing going on. I think I've been on it. You, you've been on it? Yeah, remember you were supposed to go on it? Oh, <laughs> that was what you were asking me to do? Was I don't know, dude. I've asked you to do a lot. So I got snacks. To keep track of. I got snacks because this is, I don't have I, to Because that's what I wanted to do. I want to listen to you chew into the mic while we answer these. This yeah, is going to be fun. Okay, hold on. It's almost as good as you during an interview going. <laughs> it's incredible. Okay, I'm sorry. You see, he got upset. <laughs> Your face is a little purple right now. Because I, I, I've never heard it. I need to hear that, actually. All right, anyway. anyway. Okay. So here's how the mailbag is going to go. So I've taken all the questions. I'm uh, almost all of them. I've organized them into five categories, which are going to spend a completely arbitrary amount of time on, depending upon how I feel the category is going. Would you say we have a plethora of we questions? A, we do have a plethora of questions. Would you say we have a corpse of questions? <laughs> we have a good core, C-O-R-E, of questions. I'm going to say right now to everyone out there, we're not going to get to all the questions, so if we don't get to yours, we'll try and get to yours next time, and uh, maybe we'll bring this back and make it a regular staple if people like it. Yeah. All right, so here are the five categories. So first one, back to where it all began. We had a lot of people that came in and asked about the history of the podcast, what the hell the three of us do all week, uh, so we'll do that first. <laughs> Second one is going to be inside the NFL, so that's going to be our football questions. 
Third category is going to be legs and ass. That's going to be our player body questions portion of the show. A lot of those, huh? Uh, a fair amount. Yeah, we don't have a ton of them, but a good amount. Okay. Uh, fourth category, I'm calling free for all. A ton of just ridiculous questions of like, hey, can you ask Sims this? Can you ask Lefko that? So that'll be our free for all. And then the fifth category is going to be lightning round. So that's going to be. Are you looking at Odell right now? I love him. Yeah, I love having Odell in the studio. He needs to stay in here. He's part of the studio from now. Makes on. me yeah. happy. Yeah. Uh, okay, fifth round is going to be the lightning round, which is basically, we had a million questions of like, what do you think of the Seahawks secondary? What do you think of the Bucks D-line? So we're just going to go through all those back and forth. Okay. You guys will each get to answer the question. Okay. All right. So, first question in the uh, first category here, back to where it all began. Alex Osborne at SpanishAlex85 and Kane143, they had a similar question. How did all three of you get involved with Bleacher Report and whose idea was it to come up with the Sims and Lefko podcast? You want to start there, Lefko, how you got here? So I think I was first. And then Sims came, what, three months after me? I guess. And that story has been retold that you came to the party and I approached you and I said, hey, I hear you're a diva. And so we hit it off. Uh, Me and Sims were doing about 20 to 30 videos a day. And we would go in the office and we would argue and we'd talk and we'd watch film. And I think Josh walked in one day and said... You guys need to do a podcast. Yes. And I think Sims and I had talked about doing it, but I didn't know what to do. And Sims sure as hell didn't know what to do. No so way. Josh kind of took it over. With it sounded the- miserable to me, actually, when he said it. I was like, that's horrible. I didn't sign up for that. No, I'm pretty sure you said that for about the first hundred episodes. Uh, yes, is right. that this is horrible. This I didn't fucking sign up for that. podcast. I was going to say, I'm not going to be the first person to curse on this episode. So you used to say the effing podcast, right. but yes. you just said it for me. Yeah. Uh, Where it, were you before you got to Bleacher Report? Well, I, was, I had realized that, okay. I did not want to work for the New England Patriots or be a coach anymore. I know I wanted to get into the media business. I went to FS1 for a year and did some college football games and stuff like that. Oddly enough, I mean, I knew about Bleacher Report. It wasn't something I went on. My agent approached me and he said, "You know, I got this like weird offer from this Bleacher Report. You know, they're kind of on the rise." And this I was like, "Bleacher yeah. Report." I've been I've been hearing more about them. I was like, "Yeah, I I, I hear you." I was like, "He goes, I think it's really going to fit you. You know, they're looking for somebody young and opinionated and kind of like they need somebody to be the GM for their for Bleacher Report football." And I was like, okay, it sounds cool. I came and met yeah. people, saw Lefko at that uh, Super... Was it a Super Bowl party? I think it was a Super Bowl Something party. Something like that. It was. And um, I thought, wow, this is a pretty cool place. The people who work here are pretty cool. And then before you know it, I was signed up. We were doing videos. And uh, yeah, you, you approached about the podcast. All right. And then uh, I'll just say real quick, I was a production assistant at the ACC Digital Network down in Charlotte, North Carolina. Got connected with my guy over here to the left, Adam Lefko, yeah. and uh, he was able to hook me up with an interview, and I came into Bleach Report as an associate producer about four well, or five months after you yeah. guys did. And he hooked you up. It was at the, uh, the Jewish grandmother it connection? Was, it was our Jewish. Well, it was my old boss's Jewish grandmother who yeah. knew your grandmother. Something like that. Some weird yeah. connection in Philadelphia. Yes. We're getting deeply personal off the bat here. All right. <laughs> Next By the question. Way, I was also a, uh, I, w- I worked in Kentucky as a sports anchor and a news reporter in Nebraska. That's what I did before this. Next question at Optimist Squatch on Instagram. Ooh. You guys are all football all the time. What are your guilty pleasures when you aren't working? Too long of showers. 
I am an environmentalist. What? I take showers too long. I love Wait, how showers. Long we, how long are we talking? Man, I take about three showers a day, first okay. of all. Well, one, I and, think you're OCD. So are you someone that like washes the same armpit multiple times? No, I'm or not. Or do you just like, stand there? I love the shower. Man, that is do my guilty pleasure. I feel guilty. No, and I really have been asking for one because I've, other houses I've lived in in my years past, I've brought like seats into the shower and be like, yeah, yeah. I, need this, I need something there. This shower doesn't I have like a bench. I like the shower at this time of year because I sweat nonstop. Right. right? You're just weird and are like, I, uh, I feel clean in here. Yes, I, I can't go into. <laughs> yes. I can't go to bed without taking a shower before. Three I go to showers bed. a day. How long is each one? Uh, I would say the morning one's semi quick, like five six minutes, and then I might get home from work, or if I had worked out and didn't have work, then that one can be a good ten to twelve minutes. Then is the this night just time, to avoid your family? No, no. You're like uh, my kids are asleep. minutes. My kids are asleep, <laughs> uh, or they're at school when I take that midday shower. But yeah, that's bad because I'm wasting water. That's right. th- that's one of my guilty pleasures. Left guy. Ultimate guilty pleasure is biscuits. I'm not kidding. I eat like three biscuits a week. I, when I go to a new city, I type in best biscuits. And just see where and it is. I go to those restaurants because I think that there's nothing better in the world than a good biscuit. I also share your first uh, passion for sativas. First passion, uh, sativas. Uh, I don't know if Josh is going to keep all that in there. He but, better. Uh, um, uh, and you then, look like a total biscuit guy. Fucking love this, <laughs> yeah, Mr. Up. Biscuit. Well, some jelly on there and lots if of they butter. Have a good jam. Oh, oh gosh, a good. God. Oh my god. I don't know what it is. I can hear you getting fatter. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it's been a long time <laughs> since you used that one. That's probably one of mine. And then uh, guilty pleasures. I don't really watch anything stupid or uh, you don't watch America's Got Talent, no, Survivor. Like no, none of that. Okay. No, no, I, no, no. I mean, if you I don't even go, have a television. Porn, porn would be my other, other guilty pleasure. I but, mean, you were just killing me here. Yes, All right, trying to. Uh, next question. <laughs> next question here. A dot height six thousand. What was your opinion of the guys on the Lebitard show? How mm. were they off the radio? Anything that you found surprising? You go first because you had the longest relationship with them. Okay. Uh, it, I think I was texting with Allison today. The the thing that I realized with the Lebitard guys that I love so much, whether it was Dan Stugatz, Allison, any of the guys behind the glass. I felt like they were like Bleacher Report, really. That's where I loved them. It was very open-minded, just good-hearted people that wanted to have some fun, creative conversations. Super that would be supportive. the first thing. Right, super supportive. I mean, I just can't get over how supportive Stugatz um, and Dan were towards both of us, really, yeah. and just like admiring what we do and how we're coming up in the world and whatever it may be. I think the thing I was shocked by the most about going there is, first of all, how it's small smaller it than it looks on TV, yeah. but just a, what a well-oiled machine they are with the guys that are on the mic and then the guys behind the glass. I think I'm constantly amazed. Uh, Studios, and this is a note to everyone, are always smaller than you think. Anywhere you go, it's always going to be smaller than you think. But there... There's just such a heartbeat, and you you don't realize how much the guys behind the glass are doing for Lebatard and Stugatz. Like, the whole shipping container is like a unit, and they really love each other. And you could tell that Lebatard's the kind of guy that, if you respect him— They'll bend over backwards for you, like yeah. letting us in their room and like sending us things and like that that mug. Like they worked on that for a long time. Amazing. For you. Yeah. They're just. I've been disappointed by so many people in this industry, and 
it's rare when I'm not only like pleased, but I'm like overwhelmed right. that you exceed expectations, right. and they actually did. It was the first time it's ever happened to yeah. me. They're just good freaking people. That's exactly right. Yeah. All right, we're moving on to inside the NFL. First question in our uh, non-team specific football section of this podcast. Sean O'Shea at Sean Likes Bacon. Uh, in regards to Julian Edelman. If you were told a substance could help you recover from a terrible injury and you were worried that without it, you may never have the strength and speed that made you special, is taking a four-week hit worth it? Is a four-week suspension a worthwhile investment? It's not four weeks. That's something that follows you the rest of your life. You know, because now when you when you type in Edelman, steroids is going to come up. Yeah. When you go to his Wikipedia page, there's going to be a whole thing about scandal. Uh, I don't I don't think it's four. I don't think we'd ever look at Melky Cabrera and be like, that's just a fifty game. No, that's yeah. a lifetime stain. Um, but I think it depends where you are in your it's career. It's a good question. It is, I mean, I understand. If I'm older because... and I need to keep going. I don't know. It, it depends about your your concept of legacy. Like, Sims believes in purity and legacy. I am kind of like, we're on this time for a good time, not a long time. Right. So I'm not I'm not okay with steroids, but I know you're really, it really grinds Yeah, I, I just, it's an asterisk next to his name forever. It'll always make me question what he did. I understand what the person's saying there, and, and, and I think, like, to justify what he's saying with the question, I think there's a number of ex-players and people who would go, well, damn, I don't know. I'm not so sure. You know, like my dad. My, I've heard my dad make these comments. I don't think he's going to be mad that I said this, but I've heard him say, like, damn, I don't know. If there was HGH went around and around, I'm not sure I wouldn't have taken it. Or, you know, like, and, and I know he's, like, serious and half serious, but uh, I understand because it is your body and you want it to become healthy and it's your lifeline and what you're making money for – and I understand that question because, okay, I can get back out there and get 100% if I take these supplements. But, no, I would never do that. I had a chance to do that, right? I mean, I did. Mean? And I went up to Canada, and people accused me of going to see a guy who t- who got caught with HGH in his car and this Dr. Gallia. And I will stick up, up for him from the day I die. But um, – to me, it's 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 not worth it at the end of the day, just because of the personal thing. That's what would bother me. Going home to my family, seeing young kids, whatever it may be, that's where it would really hurt me. Next I guess one. I answered that right. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, no, I think along with that too, it's. Uh, but that's what people are coming down really to. Is the question. For... That's what it's coming down to. Is people are going. That's what I think a lot of these players do, like a Melky Cabrera or a Julian Edelman. Oh, I'm hurt. Or, man, if I take this, I could get a longer-term extend, contract yeah. extension. So they're, and then I'll to stop. De- right. And to, to a degree, they're selling their soul to the devil for it. Uh, and there's going to be guys always out there that are willing to do that. I just I think of it like the way I think about driving on the highway. There's a lot of people that want to get to their destination five minutes faster. For me— the fear of looking in the rearview mirror and seeing those cop lights is the reason I go on cruise control. Yeah, that's a good way like, to put it. The, a lot of those guys are like, no, I'm going to go 90 and then I'm going to get there. And it's like, for what, man? Yeah. Like, just the fear of always, like, I'm sure whenever someone came around talking about steroids, Julian was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, I would never do it. Right, man. right, right. At James McCune 12, next question here. With Zach Martin and Richburg contracts on the offensive line this mm. year, do you think teams are now willing to spend more on good protection than on elite running backs like Le'Veon Bell, a system that makes the offensive linemen superstars and the running back position less elite and more plug-and-play? 
I don't think the running back has ever been elite. I think it's been plug-and-play now for a while. I think if there's going to be a different trend, it's the fact now that we're not going to get these guard-tackle guys trying to play tackle in the NFL and not being good at it. I think the guard position is now all of a sudden valued. I'm waiting for the center position to get the respect. Salary wise, yeah, like all I ever hear about is how important the quarterback center relationship is. But with everyone starting to put pass rushers as interior defensive linemen on third down, the guard has become just as important as the tackle. And now the salaries are getting there. The trend I would am interested to see. We talk about this all the time. Yeah, if offensive linemen can start getting paid considerably more than defensive linemen, yeah, well, we start getting those defensive linemen athletes to start playing offensive linemen, right. But it's a lot more fun to hit people than get hit. Yeah, it is. And then you don't have to think as much on the defensive side of the ball either. So you can just play. You don't have yeah. to worry about all these rules and communication all the time. So I think that's where it is. I do think, first of all, let's just think about the Final Four this year in football. All had good center play, right? So that's one thing. Like I do think the smart teams in football have realized that's a very important position with this day and age defensive tackle and how versatile they are. I think also the other thing, too, the value is going to continue to go up on these guys. Why? Why is the value going to go up, Josh? It always goes up. Well, it always goes up, but there's one reason that we talk about a lot of the times why the value is going to go up on the good ones. Because the quarterbacks are getting paid more? Well, no. Offensive line, pipeline is so bad. Exactly. That's really where it is, to where the good ones stand out above the rest because the other guys are from the Big 12 Conference and they ran four run plays in four years in college football to where now it's like, damn, you know, Zach Martin, he's done all these pro things in college, and it's working in the NFL, and I think there is going to continue to be more value there, and I don't think the running back market's going to change a whole lot. Next question here, at Chris.Smith21, USN. Did you have something else to say, Lefko? No. Oh, okay. I was just staring at you. you got to do a you very, You guys both like, froze. Well, because you, like, went up to it. Like, it was better than your That was, was your swallowing. I'm about to speak movement. Uh, uh, all right, Smith 21 USN. What are your favorite offense versus defense matchups in the NFL? Pull up the teams. Pull up the teams. Yes. Regardless of if the teams are good, just offense versus defense, best to watch on TV and scout. Okay. Uh, and we're saying we'd like to see these against each other or just uh, this in yeah. general? Yeah. Well, Jackson. Bill's defense is already they're they're my defense. That's the one I want to see. So who do you want to see Ramsey up against? Um mm. Mm. Ramsey Brown, Ramsey Julio, Ramsey Odell, Ramsey Tyree Kill. Yeah, I mean those yeah, you're right. Those are kind of the teams I was looking at. I also look at teams like New Orleans and things like that with Drew Brees and Sean Payton and the style of the play they play to where I go, that could be a fun matchup because the Saints are a little more renegade than I think people realize. They talk tr- trash a little more, have a physical style play. They have that awesome offensive line. They create a passing schemes to go along with it. <sighs> I'm excited to watch Deshaun Watson versus that defense. Deshaun works for Jacksonville. You're yeah, just, Deshaun versus Jacksonville. Yeah, all right. So are we picking an offense or just a yeah, player? I think they pick, pick an offense and a defense. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go. I would go. I would want to see Jacksonville. I think versus the New Orleans Saints. I don't know why. I just want to see Sean Payton have to deal with that group. Mm. Drew Brees have to deal with that group. I want to see Jacksonville have to go, oh, sort of damn, like we have to Kyle stop the run game. Jacksonville. Right, I want to see them have to go with the run game. I just feel like that's an offense that's not necessarily 
ultra talented on the outside with wide receivers, but it's amazing in the run game and the creativity with Payton. I think it would be an interesting matchup. I'd like to see more Odell versus Josh Norman. Sure. I don't know what happened to that rivalry. It seemed like it blew up and then it kind of Fizzled. faded a little bit yeah, last well, year. Yeah, well, last year Odell he never got, got to hurt. play him, right. So, so I'm excited for that to happen again. Ag- agreed. And then, I mean, I would like to see Rodgers against that Jacksonville defense, yes, too. I, I, and then I, I was just looking at, like, pass rusher offensive tackles, like... I really did enjoy Von Miller versus Lane Johnson because Lane, I think, is the premier right tackle in the NFL. Right. And if people have been reading online, there is a movement right now where a lot of teams believe that right tackles have become more important than left tackles. And the reason is everything shifts in waves. The left tackle was so good, the pass rusher started moving over to the, the right side. side. Right. Well, now the better tackles are moving over to the right side. Yeah. So that's any time that you can get the Trent Williams or the Tyron Smiths again against like a Joey Bosa, those are just such a joy to watch. Yes, they are. Because you you almost don't want anyone else playing. Mm-hmm. You just want to see like a battle of will. Yeah. Next question here at Col in ADK at Col in ADK. Oh, I'm excited to see Richard Sherman against his old team. That well, I, I mean, the thing I'm more excited about is just to see Shanahan versus McVeigh, and then those mm. two versus Gruden. That's they all play each other this year. That to me will be the most fun. Like, what kind of handshake is Gruden going to give Kyle if Kyle like tears them up and they end up winning by 21 points? That's going to eat at Gruden big oh. time. I just that's the things I'm interested to see. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next question here. I'm actually I'm gonna Good skip game, bro. I'm gonna skip Colin's question for now. We'll come back to it. At JRG.Santos, what week is usually peak performance for NFL players? Already in shape, but not too banged up. What yeah. week of the season is like the Three. top? Uh yeah, I would I would probably even go a few weeks after that. You're close at three, but I think when you get to that week five, week six, mid-October. That's when you feel like, damn, I'm in the swing of the season. My body feels great. I'm moving around good in practice. My mental state's all really good. That's when I think you feel really comfortable. Yeah, week three, you start that feeling of comfortable where you're going, okay, we're in the season now. Here it is. And then I feel like week five or six, it changes and it just, it's a crazy season. That's what I said. Yeah. Week five, I'm, I'm feeling good. That <laughs> is when you hit your stride. It, is. it probably is. It really, I think it's figuring out what the show is going to be. What yeah. are we talking about? Right. I think that's true. Yeah, week five. I think yeah. it is. All right. At Mikey81, as a Packers fan, do you think the Packers are the most underachieving team in the history of the NFL oh, man. with Aaron and Brett only winning one each? Hmm. Uh, it's up there. It is up there. To, w- to only have two Super Bowls with— The Seahawks were pretty underwhelming with, for what they had those last few years. You're right. It's just not over yet there. The, so The greatest but, show on turf only getting one. Yep. Yeah, you're right. They only got one. Uh, I know. I'm trying to think of some the other San ones. San Francisco 49ers in the 90s only got one. Yeah. But they had the Cowboys. They did. There were some other problems there. I'm just trying to think of any other ones that pop up to my I would say, bills. what about the Patriots not winning the Super Bowl when they went 19-1? and one? Was, Yeah. I mean, that was disappointing. <laughs> it's certainly unexpected. Um, what was the the phrasing of the question though? Just, uh, most underachieving team in history. Yeah, I think it's going to be. Look, oh. People are going to look back at it and go, "Man, that's really disappointing." 
I don't think it's the most underachieving team in history. I think the most underachieving team in history is probably the Bills, like you said, that I think of, because that was a Super Bowl caliber football right, team right. that didn't win it. But the fact that you had two of the most physically gifted quarterbacks in the history of the sport that are going to be running your franchise for, let's say, when all said and done, 30 years, basically, yeah. and you only come away with two Super Bowls, it's certainly a big disappointment. I would say the majority of Peyton Manning's time in Indianapolis felt that Could way. Be, right. I know. When the Chargers had Ladanian Tomlinson and Phillip Rivers, no. and were like 14-2 and two every year. That, that really was, because they were the best team in football. You're right. That That's another team. That, that's... Yeah, that's a kind of conversation in itself right there. It's actually a fascinating conversation because, t- to me, if we went back through just the last few years of Super Bowl winners, I would tell you that the team that won the Super Bowl out of the last 10 years wasn't the best team in football that year. I, that's what I would say. I mean, again, they, yeah, I just I think it's interesting, but sorry. Eagles were the best team in football. This year they were. They were. Yeah. Yes. That, that's, that's right. That's the weird thing about having the Patriots. Right. They can do that. The Patriots can do that. I do think the Patriots were the best team in Super like the football the year they beat the Falcons. Mm. I think they were the best team. Yeah. But I think the year they lost won and beat the Seahawks, I don't think they were the best team. I think the Seahawks were the best team in that, yeah. that year, but they just blew it in the end. One fucking play. One fucking play. Dude. All right. Uh, watch the F-bombs there, guys. So, yeah. My podcast today. Yeah. All right. At Colin ADK, uh, going F-bomb back to his question. Uh, which injured player from last season who is expected to play again do you think won't be the same? So let's get rid of Andrew Luck from that conversation because we don't know exactly yeah, what you got. So you got Aaron Rodgers. You have Deshaun Watson. Running backs, David Johnson, Dalvin Cook, Spencer Ware. Receivers, Odell Beckham, Allen Robinson, uh, Quincy Anunua, Cameron Meredith. I'm just going down the list here yep, from yeah. NFL.com. Tight ends, Greg Olson, Charles Clay. I'm going to say J.J. Watt. Mm, that's a good one to go with, though. I think that J.J. Watt was already declining, and I think that we also we still have that MVP caliber season in our heads right. with like the twenty and a half sacks and all those touchdowns. Um, I think the other one that I kind of I don't know about is Allen Robinson. I just I, I don't know. You know, like he's just been gone for so long, and he's going to a new team. But yes. um, you know, if he loses a step, he's a different guy. J.J. Watt is certainly at towards the top of that list. I, I do. I don't think we'll ever see the J.J. Watt that we once saw, and especially with the type of injuries he's had—lower back, bad leg injury—I'm not sure he can ever quite get back to that form. Um, I mean, I you know when you said Deshaun Watson, like I don't think we're going to see the Deshaun Watson we saw last year right away. When when I first heard that name, I said, yeah, I don't think we see Deshaun Watson that we saw last year to like week eight or ten. That would be one. Um, and I really think the guy, the other guy I'll throw out there, to me, the guy that will not be quite the, is going to be Eric Berry. Ooh. Eric Berry coming off an Achilles injury at that position, the fact that he also had to deal with cancer and all that the year before, you know, the year before that, uh, that all those things would line up to me to be, I'd be a little worried if maybe he lost a step going into this season. All right, last question here for Inside the NFL. I'm going to pitch this over to Lefko first. This is a team-specific question, but I couldn't resist asking you. Okay. You ready, Lefko? Yeah. All right, so this is from... Uh, at I-N, the W, Liss. I don't even know how you say that. Uh, when Nick Foles retires, do you think the Eagles should retire number nine? Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl MVP, 2014 Pro Bowl, 2014 Pro Bowl offensive MVP, <laughs> 2013 passer rating leader, and tied the NFL record for seven passing touchdowns in a game. I think what's most interesting is if Foles never plays again. <laughs> because what happens is if he plays again, it's my potential theory. Like right now, Foles, the last thing he's ever done is throw a touchdown to uh, Zach Hurts. Yeah. Like that was the end. 
If he never plays again, it's an incredible short career for the Eagles. Yes. They're not retiring his number, but do you put him into the ring of honor? That's really, really interesting. Um, it... The, the first I would answer say no. is no. The first answer yeah. is no. This is where I wanted the question to go, though. What's going to happen, though, is what if Carson never gets back? And then you start looking at their, their numbers and those statistics that he's naming, and you go, oh, yeah, Carson made you know seven Pro Bowls, but what's a Pro Bowl? And, oh, he, he led the, he, all these statistics. It's like, yeah, but Nick Foles put up 40 on the Patriots in the Super Bowl, 41. Um, I know, but that's. Just... I'm not crazy. I know that Carson Wentz is the guy. Thank you. But I, I, and I read a quote from Doug Peterson recently saying that there's literally no issue. They're egoless and they're really good friends. Yeah. I genuinely believe it. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be a very funny Philadelphia sports radio debate for a very long time. Yeah, I, who's I, the I best Eagles go. quarterback of all time? Norm Van Brocklin, Carson Wentz, or Nick Foles? It's like, damn, he's the only one to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I know that. The, the, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it, exactly. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Just let's let's pump the brakes on the whole Super Bowl thing. They would have won if Carson Wentz was there too, and we wouldn't have questions in the weeks leading, leading up to that either about that. I mean, people forget everybody wanted Nick Foles to be benched at the end of the year for Nate Sudfeld, including myself. Exactly. So. I just, uh, yes, Nick Foles has had some special moments with the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't think in any way, fashion. Seven touchdowns in a game against the Raiders. I mean, that was an impressive little list you read right there. Uh, but with all said and done, I don't think. 27 touchdowns. I don't think it's long enough. I don't think it's long enough. All right, we're moving on to the legs and ass section here. We might come back to some more NFL questions later. Legs and ass. Only one legs and ass question, and it's not even about legs and ass. Hmm. Aru811. Aru811. First off, I love you guys. Been a listener for three years and developed a whole new love for the game. More of a technical question for me. Why are some quarterbacks' arms less muscular than others? I'm thinking of the GOAT Aaron Rodgers' arms versus a Dak Prescott. Dak seems jacked. Is that a good thing? Yeah, like Sam Bradford. Yeah. I joke about his arms all the time. Right. But you tell me he throws a great ball and it's a super great spiral. How's, yeah. How's that trail mix, Lefko? Yeah. It's good. Sounds good in my ears. Cam yeah. Newton, jacked. Right. Um, so, okay, this is, listen, you, you're, you can have muscles. You just don't want to have muscles to the fact where you feel like it's constricting your actual motion. That's our I concern think. about Russell Wilson. Well, there. exactly right. That's when you get too thick and too big like that. It's why you don't see really pitchers in baseball built like that either. They're not trying to like be bench press and curl champions of the world because the flexibility of your arm, right, that's your catapult. It needs to be able to be flexible and get into some of those weird positions. Aaron Rodgers is a little more muscular and ripped than people would realize, but um, yes, there's a fine line with NFL quarterbacks and just being able to, oh, I want to be in in shape, have a little strength, have a little armor to be able to protect myself, but don't want to overdo it to where I lose six degrees of my motion because I can bench press an extra 40 pounds. How do you explain that a Sam Bradford with seemingly no muscular definition in his arms throwing such great balls? Well, yes. I mean, how do you explain a Michael Jordan with no ass and no hamstring who can have a 48-inch vertical? I don't know. I know, because it's levers and the size of the man and things like that. Sam Bradford's big. Taller than me, right? Really? So, yeah. Yeah. You'd see Sam Bradford, you go, oh man, he's not the skinny noodle I thought he I was. I thought he was a skinny noodle. I know. He doesn't have a lot of muscle there, hair. but he's got big hands, and he, of course, has a little more muscular power than you're giving him credit for. And it's he's the long sleeve jersey. He's got a yeah, I know, and he's got a natural motion in general. Are there any quarterbacks that you're like, oh, he's too built? Can't I cam at times, but I haven't seen it affect his throwing. 
So, I, I mean, Cam is a guy I look at and go, wow, yeah, that's pretty jacked right there. And then we did have that question about Russell Wilson. Like you said, we went to training camp two years ago. We were like, damn, his, his thighs, thighs are, are rubbing, rubbing against each other. Well, that's what's so interesting, I think, about Lamar. And I go, talk about like a long, sinewy arm. You know what I mean? Where yes. it's like these like long muscles. Most guys are built like that quarterbacks. They're more the wiry type muscle guys yeah. that can't necessarily really even get thick if they wanted. Like me. Like I couldn't get real thick. Like You couldn't? I don't think so. Not biscuits. Till like, yeah, biscuits. Will do it. Did you ever <laughs> no. try? I mean, my junior year in college, I think, was the heaviest I ever played at. I was like two thirty-eight, maybe right around there, close to two forty. Um, and you I felt heavy. I did. I did not like the way I felt. But my, you know, my strength coach at the time that was Dante Culpepper. He's weighs two sixty, so all quarterbacks were like, "Oh, I got to be big in the NFL." He was a monster. Yes, uh, but no, it, it, it makes no sense to to try to be big. And like I always told you guys, most guys get to the NFL and they go, "Damn, I'm too big. I need to lose twenty pounds." Yep, because everyone in the NFL is just speed. So yes, it's about the speed and body maintenance. And extra weight hurts the body maintenance. All right, we're moving on to the free-for-all section. That was our only legs and ass question. Uh, next time around, everyone, send us more questions about legs and ass. Uh, all right, so this section is pretty much just all the random questions that I pulled together. Uh, some for Lefko, some for Sims, some for both of you. Uh, so, Lefko, we're going to start with you here. Ooh. Colin Crilly at Undercover Eagle. You have the chance to interview any athlete in the world for Bleacher Report. Who are you picking? Wow. Any athlete in the world. In the whole world? I know who I'm picking. You go first. I'm picking. Oh, man. Actually, I don't know who I'm picking. What? It's between LeBron James and Aaron Rodgers, okay? It's one <laughs> of those two. Damn it. And Odell Beckham Jr. It's a, tri- a trio. I think if you made me well, do Aaron one. Aaron and Odell are definitely the I think Aaron guy. is the guy I would go with. I mean, I've been told he's going to come on this podcast. They're a little late. waiting on the phone call. You've been saying this for like for a year like, and a half. I know. I know. I have. Watch your mouth. Okay? I just feel like you're this don't. drug dealer. It's like, I got it. It's coming. Don't worry. I got Rodgers. Yeah, I got it. I got the Rodgers. I'm never um, saying it again. My first thought was Richard Sherman. That was like kind of the first one. And I know that we've talked to him before. Um, I just like talking. If like I'd really like to interview Steve Smith. Uh, I like guys that just yap and are really confident. Um, Odell, Aaron Rodgers, obviously. Um, but anyone in the entire world, I would pick uh, the guy that's playing for the LA Galaxy. Zlatan? Zlatan. Zlatan is this incredible guy that like disrespects like anyone that's not him and is always looking to drop an incredible quote. And I just I think he's fantastic. Hmm. Is he the guy that was on Man U? Who is this guy? Uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. He lost me at LA Galaxy. He was he's like a Sweden national team player. He was on PSG. Oh, it was PSG. I don't know yeah. why. He had a great okay. goal in his first game in LA. Yeah. It was all like over the Instagram. bicycle kick. Nah, something like I think that. I all right. saw it. Uh, Interview ne- him over a biscuit. <laughs> Next question here, Jack Wolf at RWS Wolfman182. Uh, this is a story. Got a little traction on Twitter the other day. Not sure what caused it. I think you said something on PFT. Can you please have Chris tell the story of how he got fined for throwing the we football all, at the we pirate did it ship? On Wednesdays. You guys did it on Wednesday? Yeah. Did I not hear that? All right. Well, moving yeah, on from here. that one. No, but, hey, well, just anyways, getting fined in the NFL, it's it's it goes on. You can't play in the NFL without getting fined. Yeah. So you throw a ball in the stands, you get fined $2,500. I think if you do it the second time, it doubles, right? Same thing with socks, if anybody else wants to uh, know that. I used to get fined for socks, right? What? Yeah, you get fined for socks. Like if you're on the Tampa Bay Bucks and they have black and white on their sock, you have to have a certain amount of white and black showing. And they have people 
people there to check that shit. So it used to drive me crazy because I want to wear my socks the way I want to wear them. How would how, you wear them? How they feel good and, more importantly, how they look good because I want to look good because then I'll play good. So I like to have a lot of black. But I started to realize if I went out in pregame warm-ups with all the black – I get warned, and then if I don't do it, I get fined. So I started to finagle How a little. How much fine? It doubles every 2500 first time. Next time, so you get same 5000 then 7500 then, then 10000 so then 12 5 Keeps going up 2500 So you get fined the same amount of socks as you do throwing a ball in the stands? Yes, but more, actually, as you continue to do it. like Guys like Charles Woodson... Gave one hundred and forty thousand to the NFL because they wanted to wear their socks just the way to wear they their socks the just right the way. way they want. One hundred and forty thousand. Here you go. Whatever it was. When it's all said and done, it's somewhere around along those lines. But yeah, so what? I, it would piss me off. What does the and NFL have, do with that money? And you have certain guys who who check on the sidelines, right? And you know, sometimes we're like, oh, this guy's a pretty cool uniform checker. Like he's not going to be like like. Uh, be crazy here, but then you had other guys where I'd run out bust and the, out the tape measure. Well, I'd run out on the field with like you know just like the pregame pregame with shorts and a t shirt, and I'd be like, oh, it's that guy today, fucking a, that guy. He's good. He's like Mister Uniform, like you know, soup Nazi over here. He's just all over you to where I I would then I realize you know what? So I'm going to go out for pregame warmups and with I'm going to wear socks. the correct socks because they have to warn you before they can find you. But the problem is even when you do that, they come in at halftime. I was going to say they're not coming up to you like after the first drive and going. I know you threw a pick, but like you got to fix your socks. They they might say something like that. Some of them sometimes do. Would and how say do you not like turn that. around and go get the hell out of my I face? I would. I was like, shut the fuck up, man. Like I got other things to worry about. You took it in your jersey. Fuck off. But then they would come into the locker room. So you're coming in the locker room. It's a tight game, and they're like, Lefko, not enough white. Fendrick, not enough black. Tuck in your jersey, thirty four. Your jockstrap showing seventy five. Are people just talking over him? No, it's like they get you as soon as you've gotten in there, and they literally walk by you to make sure you've heard you and say And that's it. your warning. And that's my warning. And, and then, then go, when do you find right. out if you get fined? At like, the end of the game oh, or like no. next week? Tuesday, you'll have a FedEx on your locker. You're going to walk in you go, damn, there it is. That's another question. All right, so when you would be in the locker room, your paychecks are sitting in an envelope? In an envelope, right. FedEx or? No, the, just an envelope, white envelope. But if you're seeing FedEx. If you're, you're seeing FedEx, you know it's from the NFL. So would Charles Woodson just write the check at the beginning of the season? No, they do, they'll take it out of your pay oh, because your the, the team is also going to get the same letter you got to say that you violated rules within the CBA. So they're going to know now to withhold 2500 from whatever amount they're supposed to give you on your next check. Damn, so you're sitting there. You're the only person in the world that doesn't like to see a package. Oh, yeah, you don't want to see a package. No, no, you're in trouble. If you got a package, you got a FedEx, you're, you're, in, pa- you're in trouble. Drug Man. tests. Well, you know the like Derek that. Coleman story. The Derek uh, Coleman story, like first day, he comes to like the Nets or the Sixers or wherever it was. He's like late to the team bus, and, and they're just like, "All right, well, listen, man, that's that's a thousand dollar fine." And he's no, it like, was, "It was it was it was suits and ties on the road, suits and ties on the road." Yeah, and they go, "We're gonna a thousand dollars if you don't wear a suit and tie on the road." And he thought about it, and he said, "Damn, okay, all right, it's uh, it's thirty nine games because they didn't count the ones for the New York Knicks yeah. away games." And he went to the coach the next day. The story is, and said, "Here's a check for forty thousand. This should cover me for yeah, the year because I'm, I'm not wearing a suit and a tie." Right. I, I like it too. That is, that's amazing. We, yeah, I mean, like I mean we applaud Mark Zuckerberg for wearing the same, the same gray every shirt day, every day. Yeah. Derek Coleman spending forty thousand dollars not to worry about suits. Yeah. In anything, he probably would have spent that much money on suits. Yeah, you're right. More. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. All right. Next question here at uh, Juventus one thousand. Lefko, we're coming to you first on this one. 
Who would you start your franchise with, Randy Moss or Deion Sanders? Ooh. All right, so we're assuming prime, and you get them for the entire career. Correct. Mm, that's a good question. Starting your franchise, Randy Moss or Deion Sanders, Juventus 1000. We're coming to Lefko first here. Take your time. I love the God anticipation. Damn. I know. It's a good Brilliant. question. I am going to say. I am going to say. I'm going with Randy. I was going to go with Dion. Oh, Randy. I'm going to go with Randy. I'm just a, I don't know, I'm a quarterback, but yeah, I'm going to go with Randy. I, I think that Dion, is, it's weird because you can go, Dion's the only one that could cover someone like Randy, <laughs> and then Randy's the only one that could get past a guy yeah, like, like Dion. Dion yeah. uh, was somebody that, like, okay, so they both had some distractions off the field. Dion played a number of sports, was always asking for high salaries, was willing to test the free agent market. I'm assuming, though, I get him for the whole time. Yeah. Randy did have off the field issues. Yeah. He did run into a cop. He uh-huh. did have some other stuff. He, yeah. he had about a three, four year span in Oakland where people were not that high on him. Right. Yeah. So I don't think Dion ever had a lull in his career like Randy did. And this is all due respect. Like yeah, Randy's yeah. career was amazing. He's top two wide receiver yep. of all time. And that's why I, I give it to Dion. I get that. Because Dion's the number one corner of all time. Yeah. And I don't think it's a debate. And I think with Randy, there's a slight debate with him and Jerry Rice. Right. I'm not going to. And Terrell Owens. But I'm going to put Randy and Jerry. I'm going to put Randy over T.O. Yeah, I do too. There, I mean, Maybe Randy is number one. Jerry's tough because I don't even know where to do it. It is. It is tough. But Randy is always putting pressure on a defense. Like you, you have to have two guys or one guy deep. Dion cuts off half the field. Yes. Um, but I think with Dion, you both get. Did Randy Moss ever return kicks or punts? Uh, he did a little bit early on, but it but wasn't then, much. But yeah. Dion was, you yes, know, the prime, electric. One of the best at it. And. Dion also had time at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Dion played a few years as a wide receiver option, so he was kind of doing both. Yeah, but then again, the Randy Moss also played defensive back on Hail Marys. You can't go wrong. No, you can't go wrong. I your points are valid. Totally, uh, I go with Randy just because. Who's cooler? It's it's uh, Dion's cooler, but yeah. Randy is cool still. Oh, of course. And um, I would go with Randy just because it's offense, it sells tickets. I feel like I could do more with him on a consistent weekly basis. Where Dion, if you played a smart team, they would go, ah, let's just keep him out there and right. avoid him all game. That would be my only reason. That would be my final reason. I like that Sims is thinking about selling tickets, that he wants the offensive player. It's weird. He always wants to sell tickets. (laughs) Next question, Fear the Beard 972, a question for Chris Sims. Hello. Worst hazing at any level that Sims has seen in his football career? Oh, Oh, man. Gosh, one of the worst ones I ever got just right off the bat was a kid when I was on the—as a freshman, I played varsity football. High school? High school. And, oh, man, I'm going to forget his name. Frazier— Oh man. man, don't say his name. Well, either way, he gave me a purple nurple and he ripped my nurple off. Okay? I mean, he you ripped lost it a off. Nipple? I lost like the the center of it for like a year. You lost the tip of your that nipple was, for a year in high school. Because he twi- pinched it and twisted it so hard and did kept going. Did he show that he had skin? No, no, no he did not. He then where did it go? I don't know. It must have fell on the ground. But all I knew was I looked down and I was bleeding on my nipple. And, and it was raw for was like gone. a year. Yes. This was a senior that did this to this you? This was a senior, yes. Do you wow. have sensitive nipples now? I don't. Well, Man, he, he stole the sensitivity from your No, nipple. no, you know what? I do have sensitivity. That's why I wear a wife beater, really, more times than not. I always have. I wear my wife beater because when the shirt rubs against my nipples, it annoys my nipples. They get a little raw on the top. All because that one purple oh. nurple. 
Kids wait. are fucking nuts. I mean, I think you know my worst hazing one ever. Do we? The all-star one? All-star one's good. I mean, I, I always go back to any time an offensive... I mean, the offensive line buying a whole bottle of uh, Louis the Thirteenth that costs $15,000, that's pretty bad to make a rookie you have to pay for that. I like the all-star one. You like the all-star one with the guy named Jeb Terry? Remember, he, we have a, a lot of new listeners who may not have heard okay. this. Yeah. Right, right. You're right. I'm sorry. So I'll share my hazing story after. Yes. I'm just kidding. Uh, I was going to go. You, you got some high school basketball stories. Da- yeah, yes. Like uh, Davin Joseph, who was a first-round pick, offensive line dinner. They used to rookie haze. We all go out to dinner. It's like a $17,000 tab, but then our offensive lineman center, John Wade, decided to you know lay it on a little. So he bought a bottle of Louis the Thirteenth that cost $15,000. That would be that one. Um, and then the All-Star one's great. Jeb what would Terry, happen, home before you tell right. us, what would happen if the rookie... Oh, his life Ira- would be miserable. But what happens if he Irish exited? It would be, his life he, would be miserable. In what way? And the, the things that what I'm about to say, Mike Allstott did to Jeb Terry, because Jeb Terry didn't get him a Gatorade one day. All hey, right, so Rook, let's do this. So let's you, do this. Can you, hey, Rook, can you get me a Gatorade? And he looked at Mike, and he looked at Mike Allstott and was like... <laughs> and then he goes, no, man, Rook, give me a Gatorade. And he walked away and just left. And he's like, oh, you're going to pay for that. And Allstop was the man. You don't want to mess with Allstop when Franks came down. And they all, oh, you okay, okay, you're going to pay for that. And Allstop sat in the corner, whatever. So then a few days go by. I see Allstop doing this, and I know he's going to get him back. But I'm in the facility one day, and, like, Jeb's got his car there for some reason, but he's not there. And Allstop calls, gets these few of the equipment guys, and gets a few people that know cars, and they put this kid's truck on the top of cinder blocks, take the wheels off, hang them from the field goal post on the practice field, and then he took the hood of the car off to where when Jeb walked into the locker room the next morning, the hood was at his locker. And that was an all-timer. I mean, that was a great one. It so wasn't the four wheels were over the goalposts. They were hanging from strings. So when equally. you guys went out to practice, where they were just up there, they were up there, right? I'm like, and how, I've never, how did Gruden react to that? Oh, Gruden loved that crap. I loved is, it. I mean, just loved that. That's pretty creative. <laughs> and then did they stop practice and like get them down? No, no, they were left there. It was like a random goalpost that only the field goal kickers kicked on at times. And then it became Jeb having to call like Amco after and be like, oh, I need somebody here to put four wheels on a Was car. he pissed or did he get it? Uh, he was pissed and he got it. But yeah, I mean, it was stupid. We were all like, Jeb, he's Mike Allstott. Why didn't you just get him a Gatorade? Like, what were you trying to prove there that yeah. you like were too cool to do that? And what he said, I'm not going to let that guy step all over me. <laughs> and Dude, he stepped right I've, all over. I've us. watched too many too many movies about jail. You got to pick a fight with the toughest guy, but apparently not. <laughs> no, apparently not. That's what my dad's brothers used to say to me when I was that freshman on that varsity team. They go, you know, what you should do. You should go pick a fight with the toughest guy on the team. And I was like, damn, I will get my ass kicked <laughs> if I got to fight that guy. Fight no, him? Thanks. I only got one nipple, Dad. <laughs> it's the same guy that ripped my. My nipple off. I'm already scared of them. Man, can't believe I can't even look at you. This I, I don't have big nipples, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I actually didn't know that about you. It's good. We might have to do a deep dive episode on that. All right, uh, Luke Parrish. Nipple, I have dude. a mole right by the other nipple, so it almost looks like I got three nipples. There you nice. go. All right, everyone. Deep dive. Trip nips. How's that for a headline? Uh, all right, Luke Parrish at L Parrish 22. Lefko, this is going to be our last Eagles question of the podcast. Oh Thank yeah. Lefko, who is one player from past Eagles teams that Brian you would Dawkins. want? Yeah, that's right. Well, what was the rest of the question? <laughs> from past Eagles teams that you would want to join the current team. Oh yeah, shit, Brian Dawkins. <laughs> Not a clue. Uh, I will say this. I I, I said this during his no career. No Reggie White or anything like that, huh? <laughs> I I think that. 
people don't appreciate Brian Westbrook's career enough. Yeah. And I don't I think he came about ten years too early right. in the NFL. I feel like if Brian Westbrook came out now, he would be seen as the perfect running back. An incredible pass catcher. Mm-hmm. He was averaging like over five yards a carry. And I I know that Andy Reid knew how to use him, but I don't think we appreciated him enough back then. Reggie White is a timeless person that could. That no, could I know what you mean. You're right. Any, uh, but you're going uh, Dawkins at the end of the day. Dawkins, I just it was. He was a guy that before the game got the energy up because his entrance was unlike anything you've ever seen. During the game, he would make plays that were always showstoppers. And then the end of the game, there was no guy that gave a better post-game speech. Like, he was the team. Man, you should have heard him in the locker room before the games. He was even more amazing then. Doggone it. Oh my gosh, he was unreal. Like I've said, I've never seen a transformation of a player more than when I saw Brian Dawkins. He was Mr. Holy, quiet, humble guy, Monday through Saturday. Saturday, we came in for the first game when I was in Denver with Brian Dawkins pregame, and I was like, who is this person that is a madman in our locker room right now? And it was Brian Dawkins, and I didn't believe it at first. I was like, man, this isn't real. Is this real? Like, Is he like faking it right now? But it was amazing. It went on all year long. It was the biggest transformation I ever saw of a player in my eight-year career, where I went, he's one guy six mm. days a week, and on this seventh day, man, you don't want to fight him on this seventh day. Yeah, he, uh, so in his, everyone's putting together their Hall of Fame lockers, all the guys that got in, and he's putting in his uh, Clemson jersey, the Eagles Wolverine, uh, and and the two Wolverine figurines, and a thing that says Weapon X. Yeah. He's obsessed with the X-Men character Wolverine, and he believes, like, that's why he goes like this, Yeah, because it's like the Wolverine claws. Two lockers in Denver. Yeah, he had two lockers in Philadelphia. Two lockers in Denver. I've never heard of of an athlete getting two lockers, just for all of his Wolverine One memorabilia. Totally, yes, totally Wolverine memorabilia, yes. All right, next question yeah, here. Dope. It is. The Incredible Mulk 14. Hey, Lefsky and Scott, Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> what was Sims' favorite Lefsky play? And Scott yeah, Lefsky so and Scott good. is great. Uh, what was Sims' favorite play to run under John Gruden? Gruden is obviously known for Spider 2 Why Banana, so I was wondering if Sims had a favorite play of his. Ooh. If you have any, you have to do the actual play call. Yeah, the full play call. Yeah. People love it. All right. Um, I love it. Yeah. It's, um, mm, damn, there's so many good ones here. I mean, I loved anything that meant Joey Galloway was going deep, right? I mean, so we did have a play where it was like, uh, it was like solo left snug, uh, 59 X special. So you just, it was actually an easy play call. They had a no X special meant it was special and Joey was going to run this special post route. 59 X special. And then we would can it with like 300 jet sticky, right? Which would be just little stick routes. Like, Hey, inside guys run a five yard out. Then the guys that are just outside of you run little uh, routes into the flat route, uh, into the flat. That would be, that was one of my favorite calls because just, just from this simple reason. Joey Galloway, of course, is one of the fastest humans to ever play in football. You get him in a tight split. That's why it was a solo snug, right? Solo snug brought him in tight where I knew he wasn't going to get um, jammed on the jammed outside. At the line so of scrimmage. he would try and kind of come up in the in Come the up, get up to the safety and go lean him out like, oh, I'm going to run a flag route out. And then that safety would Ka-ka. wide and then he'd turn it up and go inside him. And if he was even, he was leaving. So if I said, oh, he's getting close. Let me just launch this bitch out there because he's going to go run it down. Would you rather 
to throw a deep post or a deep go? Oh, oof. Probably a deep post. I feel like post is the most enjoyable deep throw to throw. It is pretty It is pretty gratifying. I also like 72 all go special. Alert it with a clap. Love the clap, okay? The clap's a dangerous disease, so be careful out there. So 72 all go. go special. Alert clap, right? And what is that? So alert clap would no, be. No, give me the 72 all go special. 72 all go special would be your three by one, just all go, right? All go. Everybody go, but it's three receivers to one side and only one on the backside, and that inside one's basically almost running like a deep cross. Yes. And then and the, I've pl- used this on Madden. You, I'm, yeah, I'm sure. It's, it's, a, it's a staple. It's a Madden staple. But yeah. what was great is when we got cover two, I could clap it, right? I could clap it. So I'd go, booty five, booty five. I said, hot, hot, hot. And that was a dummy snap count. And they go, oh, they're going to play cover two. And I'd, I'd get up. And now we knew, oh, they're playing Tampa too. So that middle linebacker is going to fly down. All go special is not a good play for this. So let's screw. Someone staying in. We're going to make everybody know. We're going to, instead of all those guys going vertical, they're all going to go like 10 yards and curl. Now Tampa too, the middle linebacker is way down the middle of the field. Now there's only two linebackers left. Well, if I made the back like five yards to the left, the tight end right over the ball where the mic was, and then that third receiver, another like 10-yard curl, three you're playing three two. on two, right? And that's what you would do. Those are one of the my. Those are some of my favorites. Snug X Special. Solo left snug, 59 X Special. Cannon with three-inch jets, sticky. Yeah, right. big fan of canning it and clapping it. I always can it and clap it. All right, uh, Josh Hugh Valley, can you guys talk about what makes a good wide receiver? So many of these guys have similar measurables and see some success while others don't. Why is that? I want to say this before we get into this conversation. I saw a Brandon Marshall Instagram where he posted a picture of him and Doug Baldwin. Yeah. And he said, this is one of the best wide receivers of all time, and I didn't realize it until I got up close. And he listed IQ, hands, stuff like that. Yeah. I will admit if I'm doing self-scouting, that we are always more partial to the more physical specimens. Right. It's just the way we are. Sure. As I think most people should be. Right. If you're bigger and faster, you're bigger and faster. Yeah. So we are very partial to the Odells and the Julios and the A.J. Greens. But I do think we miss out a little bit on the Antonio Browns and the Doug Baldwins uh, and the guys that are just masters at yeah. the underneath route running. The craft. But the in terms of what makes a great wide receiver... Is hands the first thing, or is it not the first thing? I it's it's I take it for granted almost, right? Yeah, I mean hands are the first thing. They're the first thing. Yes, I, I mean hands and speed are the first thing I go to. What's more important, speed or quickness? If you're more slot oriented, it's going to be quickness. But I'm still going to go with speed at the end of the day because that's know, the fear. Yeah, the, yes, that's the fear. Uh, to me, speed is again the number one thing because the guys you just mentioned, right? Or we'll look at the guys you just mentioned. You know, Odell, Julio, AJ Green. Those are guys that can do more with less. Oh, you threw me a five yard pass. Well, Doug Baldwin's awesome, but. He, I don't remember highlights of him making four people miss you and then running right. 70 Antonio yards. Antonio Brown and Doug Baldwin will never get a five-yard pass, but they're going to catch it. And they, they are going to catch it. For a few. And, yes, you're right. And they're going to be ultra-dependable. But they're not they're taking be tough. it to the house. No. So to me, uh, it, it's, a, it's, it's, it's kind of about speed, your hips, your feet, your hands, your feel of the game. 
right? That's where the great ones can really separate themselves. The feel of the game, the little nuances and route running and things like that. That's where like Antonio Brown's awesome. He understands the defensive rules or how this D back the defensive back plays me in certain coverages, and I'm gonna take advantage of those things that I saw in film all week and use that to my advantage in route running. You also begin to realize that But speed is still number one. I mean, mm. it's number one. Randy Moss is the second greatest receiver of all time. Yes, because he's tall and all those things, but he's arguably in his prime was one of the fastest receivers of all time. Yeah. Same with Torello and same with Oda Buckham Jr. I also think uh, we we laugh about it uh, during the draft and stuff in terms of ball skills, but some guys are really yes. good at playing the ball in the air. Yes, and and it's it, like Antonio Brown, mm-hmm. man, his ability to catch it off his helmet, running side to side, using different hands, like he has just a DeAndre Hopkins's feet. Are incredible. His feet and hands are better than anybody. When DeAndre Hopkins is near the sideline, I've never seen someone toe drag. Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins' feet are so good that the field is almost five yards wider on either side because his radius, he can go all yeah, the way right, out. Right. And, and so he's creating parts to throw to that don't even exist for other people. Yes. I, I mean, yes. His, in his ability to catch in traffic, I think, is the best in football. But again, I push back with guys like DeAndre Hopkins is the same way. Other than the Seattle game last year where the Red Sea parted, show me plays where he went 60 and 70 yards after the catch for touchdowns. That's still what differentiates the special guys. I'll have the same conversation with quarterbacks when people try to say that arm strength doesn't matter. Listen, I know it's not the end-all, be-all, but it's really important. And that's where I think people miss out on it. Yeah, the greatest receivers of all time are some of the fastest receivers of all time, and that's what made them great. It's their potential of impact. It is. And it, it's also the what they do fearful-wise to the defense and the guy that's covering them that allows them to open up other things that are important. That's why I love Odell Beckham Jr., though. Odell Beckham Jr. is everything we just said about all the other guys and the freak shows. Back shoulder catches, yeah. jump balls. Man, all the highlights I see on TV are Eli throwing ducks and him jumping up and catching the ball. So he can do that, let alone knowing the nuances of the route running and the after-the-catch stuff, too. Odell is a amazing route runner. People lose that in he translation. He complete, complete. You know what I'm realizing we don't give enough credit to? Yeah. Ocho Cinco. Yeah, Ocho Cinco was an amazing route he runner. He had the speed, and yeah. his route running was incredible. Off the charts. Yeah. It was. Ma'am. Yeah. All right, one more question here. Wide receivers we're gonna, are the best. Then we're going to go to the lightning round to wrap it up here. Jake Bentley, at Jake Bentley, if you were a high school five-star recruit, what school would you go to? Ooh. So let's eliminate Texas for you, because yep. you, you did go to Texas. Yep. So high you school five-star recruit. Anywhere. You can go anywhere. So the first thought is Alabama, but you're going to realize that you might not be able to play right away. Uh, you and you're are, in the middle of Alabama. You're in the middle of Alabama. Uh, there's other sides, though. You will be drafted possibly earlier than maybe you should have. You're going to get a professional pedigree. Um, USC, I think, is an amazing college experience, and they also have the NFL cachet. Exactly. Um, I don't think Miami's there. Florida is is pretty good, but I feel like it's not going to have as good of facilities. What else am I missing? Like, who are the really big ones? Like, there's Michigan, there's Ohio State. Ohio State is the one that jumped to my mind first. Um, These are just pro factories. They're pro factories. They have the atmosphere you like as far as a college. It's it's football's life. Uh, Urban Meyer, like a 
Nike Nick Saban is very detailed, but not crazily detailed, where I feel like his guys have a little more freedom. Like, Ohio State with Urban Meyer is the first place I thought of. I mean, if you're a top-five recruit, you're looking at like this. I want to go somewhere where football's big, and where can I get to the NFL? And to me right now, four schools jump out above the rest, and that's Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, and Ohio State. Mm. Those four, I think, are in a class of their own right now. With their coaches, the programs, the skill level players they have right there, like I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon here in the recent future. If you're a quarterback, let's yeah. say you're you, yeah, number one quarterback in the country, number mm-hmm. one player, and Nick Saban comes to you, yeah, do you want to play for a school that hasn't put an NFL quarterback in the like I know AJ McCarron, but like. Have, do you want to play for the school that hasn't I, had it? I find that intriguing, right? Because it's like I it do. hasn't been done, right? That's why I like Texas a little bit. Because I was like, damn, they're not, they're, they're, they don't even know what a quarterback looks like down there. That's an NFL quarterback. Where would you go out of those four though? Uh, Ohio State and play for Urban Meyer, Nick Saban, Clemson, and all those athletes and wide receiver that I you're going to have. I know. And then Georgia, which I mean, that kid, they, they're. they're I think Notre Dame probably deserves to be in this conversation with SC too. I know I am a homer, but Notre Dame the thing that's it, it, you're you on become, national TV all the time, and you become a well-rounded man. It's it's a little different than most colleges. What I do you don't mean? I just because it's like it run like a professional team, and you know just the actual focus on studies are a little greater there than Alabama and Georgia and Clemson. I'm sorry, that's just the truth of the matter. Yeah, but who are you? I'm just Chris saying, Sims is trying to study. No, you're right. I'm not. I'm yeah, just so saying it's in the conversation. Well, I know, but they've got a lot read of people one book will. in his life. Yeah. I think the place I would go to, I would, I would go to Ohio State. Ohio State. I, I don't know why. I just like Urban Meyer. I like Ohio State. But man, out of those four schools, I'd be pretty happy with any four of them. Man, man. I'm picking Arizona. <laughs> nice. I think it depends what position. Like, if I'm an offensive lineman, I kind of want to be in the Big Ten just because people trust Big Ten linemen at sure. the next Go level. Go to Wisconsin, yep. Uh, if, you're in the, if you're a wide receiver in the Big 12, you're going to have a great time. Yep. Like you're going to put up like 7,000 yards. But for me, I'm going to Arizona because it's a beautiful place with um in college. Yeah. And you it's a party enjoy. school. That's and great. Tucson, baby. And you'll go 3-8 and eight every year. It's awesome. Hey, baby. Hey, That's baby. That's between you and me. <laughs> All right, so here's what we're going to do to wrap this up here. Look good. We're going to go for five more minutes here. We're going to call this the lightning Correct round. Correct answer was Syracuse. Yeah, I was going to say no Rutgers talk during that segment. Interesting. Dude. All right, we'll have to talk about that. What, the fact that you pump in fake crowd noise? Do we want to go there, Lefko? Come on. Let's save, it. Let's save it for another podcast. Uh, okay, lightning round here. Last five minutes. I'm going to just go back and forth here. Uh, read the question. You give me your answer, and then we'll move on to the next one. Uh, Lefko, we're going to start with you here. Knockout news at Knockout News. Rams or Eagles? Who is the better all-around team going into this season and why? The Eagles. Uh, the th- issue that I see, I see all the potential of the offense on the Rams and all that. My issue with the Rams is the middle of their defense, uh, no one's talking about. And I think there's a hole, and I look at the Eagles team, and I don't see a similar hole. Do you agree with that? I do. I okay. do. It's very close. The Rams, close. the Rams are scary, but I also think that the Eagles have more continuity on their football team in general than the Rams do, who have just brought four superstars to town, and yeah. that's a little bit of a juggling match. So it, they've got a lot of potential in the Los Angeles, but I still would go with the Eagles still. Joshua Bell, 11. Chris, start with you on this one. Also, what if it doesn't go great and Marcus Peters and Aqib Talib are on the same team? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like They might be talking and shit. And Sue, yeah. right. Is it better for Calvin Ridley that Julio Jones is not at camp? With Julio gone, would Ridley be seeing more reps with 
Matt Ryan and get better adjusted to NFL speed. Great point, and yes. Yes and yes to both. Uh, yes, because Calvin Ridley is getting some attention that he wouldn't get if Julio Jones is there. Now, you're a first-round pick. They're always all over you because they're your new shining toy, and they got to prove that you're going to be good to justify you know, their draft pick there. But not having Julio there, that will allow them to feature him more in some OTAs and things and maybe just push a little more on him uh, than they normally would have. So I do think it's a good thing. It's still going to be better than when he sees Julio there in person and he realized, whoa, this is Julio. This is what the best receiver in yes. football looks like. I need to raise my game. And, and just there was all this talk last year with the Eagles when Alshon Jeffrey got there that all of a sudden all the other wide receivers had a benchmark to look at. Yeah. And, and you know, Julio's one of those guys. He's going to be there before everybody yeah. and after. Uh-huh. So you could get more reps, but maybe they're more useful reps watching Julio. I think so. Let's yeah, go starting with you here. Yes. Simon Morley at Swim Coach SI. What do the Bears need to do to take them over the top? They have a pretty decent, uh, pretty decent defense. They added a lot of offensive weapons to go with a really solid offensive line. I think that they just need to execute to their potential. Like, I think the big issue with the Bears, in my opinion, other than not having wide receiver talent, is that their offensive line keeps getting banged up. And I don't think that can happen every year. And I think if Trubisky has time with all of the weapons they have on offense, uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I think that one that team is a little bit overhyped right now yes. because it's a lot of new additions. Right. Uh, and they need to be able to stop people in pass defense. Right. But I think that they have the potential to, to go 7-9, and 8-8, eight and, eight and, and and have everyone really excited for next year. Yes. I, I think there's a lot of great in Chicago. Keeping Fangio amazing, Nagy awesome, Allen Robinson, some of the other guys they brought there in free agency, Trey Burton, all those. Uh, I think the, the, this will be the biggest thing for me. A young, a young football team like they got – Getting win, getting a win or two early on in the year, that will truly change the year. Be where if they start off zero and four, then they're going to go four and twelve. But if they start off like two and two, that's where they can get to what Lefko said. That's seven and nine, eight and eight. Who knows nine and seven if they pull off magic in a game or two, whatever it may be. I think that's big for a young football team. Packers, Seahawks, Cardinals, Buccaneers. Those are their first four games. They can win some of those. They can go three and one. They could. They can go two and two for sure too. Yes. Yeah, so you're right. They there's potential there to get things going in the right way. Sam's going to start with you on this one. This question from Daquan Booker at DL Book. How good could DeForest Buckner be? He gets overlooked so much when they talk about the inside D-line guys and he is a monster. A monster. DeForest Buckner can be like a Calais Campbell, I, I think, ultimate endgame potential because of the size, the way he's built. He's such a huge man. He can be overpowering. Uh, for a tall guy, too, he's really good at staying on his feet when getting chop blocked and things like that. So he has the type of potential to be an all-pro type player. Him, Eric Armstead, Solomon Thomas. Yeah. Did they hit on any of them? Did they miss on any of them? I think Buckner's the best one. What about Armstead? Armstead still has potential, too. Like Armstead showed some improvement last year. The, The weirdest thing for them right now is they went from running the Bears scheme where they fit to now running Jacksonville scheme where it's an adjustment for that type of guy. Now they have to attack. Exactly. Instead of sitting back and taking it. Exactly right. And Solomon Thomas is a really good player. I don't know if he can ever be a superstar. Which is why you take him at three. I know. But it was was a weird draft. They kind of got stuck. And I I think that he can be a really good player for Mm -hmm. a long time. I don't know if he can ever be a superstar. You good? With what? Oh, you were about to lean. I thought this is your when you lean in. I think oh, you're damn. about to say something. I'm so used to seeing you like address the microphone. All right, Lefko. Uh, let's see. Jonathan Weth at Jonathan Weth. 
Do the Jets have a top five secondary in 2018? Mm. So it's the two safeties. Yeah, I'm going to pull up the roster. And they got got uh, Tremaine Johnson, right? Or no, 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 no. No, they did. You're right. Tremaine Johnson re-signed Morris Claiborne, right? Um, I'm pulling them up for you just so you can hear him. But so it's definitely arguable top five. It it is up there. Um, I think safeties alone, they they arguably have the best safety combination. You know, along with Buster Screen, we're forgetting, right? I, I think they're a top five secondary. They're in that conversation. The safeties are phenomenal. The safeties definitely are top and I, five. I don't think there's another safety duo. And then when you look at just Tremaine Johnson, Buster Screen, and Morris Claiborne, I go, that's a top. 10, top 12. Yeah. So when you factor that with top five safeties, I, I think they're probably a top five. I think so, too. The thing that's interesting, too, is they have little uh, other guys that play on their team, too, that I think are good players that kind of get lost under the radar a little bit. Uh, like the the Daryl Roberts kid, and who's the other one I was thinking of? Justin Burris. You know, there there there's depth to it too, along with like the top end talent you yeah. talked about. So I I do think that they are in that top there, five. When there was a moment where it looked like the Jets were going to get Marcus May, Jamal Adams, Tremaine Johnson, and Malcolm Butler, oh that gosh. was going to be insane. That would have been. But insane. that's another thing. That uh, so you asked about the Bears earlier. Yep. My super team that I don't think anyone's talking about is the Titans. I think when you combine their playoff experience with Vrabel now on defense and the additions they put there, Dean Pease and Matt Lafleur. Yeah. On offense, right. and I think that Derrick Henry fits that that kind of zone running scheme really well, sure. kind of rounding it off and going up. Yep. and then with Deion, Deion Lewis, Lewis, I know, like and Delaney Walker in that scheme too. Right. I have a feeling that the Titans might go twelve and four, thirteen and three, and everyone's talking about Deshaun Watson. Everyone's talking about the Jaguars, and the Titans might come out of nowhere and win that division. That's the team that's in my head right now. Yeah. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Last question here before we wrap this up. Sims, we'll go to you on this one. At Eastland Beats, could Derek Carr be in the MVP talks with Martavis and Jordy and Gruden and Olsen running the offense? Yes, sir, he can be. Uh, you know, a little bit like... They're a great s- candidate for to get awards because they're going to clearly exceed what they did last year. They're gonna you d- one would think. You're, gonna, you're right. They're going to exceed because the system's better, the players around them are better, and it's the first year where the head coach is going to go, man, I'm supposed to be an offensive coach, and i got to make sure my offense gets off to a good start. You know, we forget, a little like Carson Wentz last year, Derek Carr was... I think going to win the MVP two years ago. Yes, right when he breaks his leg against the Indianapolis Colts, they were like nine and three, and, and all those comeback wins he had that were phenomenal that year. He made a number of yeah, he had amazing five fourth qu- throws. I, yeah, I was going to say it was five or six. I yeah. think fourth quarter comebacks. Who won the MVP that year? Was I that? I think that was. Oh, it was Matt Ryan. That's why I think it was he the Matt, up, Ryan yeah, he got year. Matt Ryan year. So that would have been interesting, but it would have been very close. He has MVP caliber talent. Uh, there's no doubt. Last year with the back injury, I think it affected him. But the system with those three receivers, and then what really I think is going to be the other step up that's going to improve that offense, which Gruden will bring, is the the tight end back out of the backfield combination will be another number of easy completions and yards mm. for a car because Gruden's so good at it. Last those year guys. it was like. Like car sitting back there and like waiting for shit to develop. Exactly. Uh, you don't have any like weird questions for us? Like weird. I mean, we got some weird questions, but well, let me do one or more, two more. I'm excited. You want a couple weird ones? Yeah, just like personal, like you know, who's a big spoon type of stuff. All right, let's see, Lefko. Let me go to the weird section here. Uh, okay, hold on. Did you have a weird section? No, I had a couple weird questions, but I went, I went more with some more of the football questions. I know, we can I know. do more of this. All right, hold on one second. Uh, okay. Stop. Where was my weird... 
Uh, okay. At Sim, See, you're smiling. Yeah. At Sim and underscore. And his face got red, too. I don't at, know. Well, because Lefko just took the show back. It was, this, was, this was my That's podcast. That's what he does. He's a big mouth. Yeah. At Sim underscore N. Who can drink more beer in one sitting? I've got my money on Sims. Well, Sims doesn't drink beer. I mean, I don't. I can pound him down there pretty good. I know that Fendrick thinks that he's probably the one that could drink the most. You know, when I saw this question come in, I did. It did cross <laughs> my mind. I would. I might actually go with Fendrick. You think so? Because Fendrick is a weird strategy guy. Like he's got a certain way to eat wings. I only use my right hand. I feel like he would have like a breathing technique for drinking the most beer. I think that if we did a competition, I would probably come in last. Josh would come in first, and you would come in second. I feel like you would just want to beat me, and then you would be. We would overlook Josh the entire time. Yeah, I'm, an, I'm an endurance drinker. I can sit there for six hours and just yeah, continue like I'm going. impatient. Like I don't oh, know. Yeah, I'm. T- I'm too. I'm like whatever you want to drink in that six hours. Let's just get out of the way in the first six minutes. Exactly. Yeah, let's tequila. do it. Yeah, right. Sims and I drink tequila. Yeah, I mean, and the beer, the thing that gets me with beer is I just feel like it sits in my stomach. Right. I get so full You and know what bloated. helped me out a lot? I saw a video online that when you're pouring a beer, you're not supposed to, like, get it in there so there's, like, no, like, foam on top. You're supposed to, like, pour it so all the foam comes out because otherwise you drink it and it gets in your stomach. Oh. Like, it expands in your stomach. Tell me, drink a lot huh. more beer. I didn't know uh, that. All right, this one from our uh, Sims and Lefko senior music producer and uh, music consultant, Rod Simba. Yeah, like Rod. you got to get Rod in there. What are Sims and Lefko's middle names? Ooh, Chris. What's your middle initial? What? Just give me your middle initial. D. I am M. And Josh, what's your middle initial? D. Ooh, I'm gonna say. What do you think Chris's middle name is? He's a D. I think I know. Martavis. It's a Jewish it's name. It's D. I think D. it's David. Oh, it is, it's D. It is. David. I just said it was an M. It is David. Chris My poor name is David Stonewall. Okay, because you were raised on Stonewall, Stonewall Street? Court, and um, my middle name is so I'm David Stonewall. Okay, yes. so then what do you think Josh's middle name is? What did you start D. with? D. 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 I think he's Daniel. I think he's a David too. Daniel. Oh, Ooh, Daniel? two for two. <laughs> you know two options. Options. I do not know. I know his grandma. Wait, so what is stuff, your what is your poor name then? Daniel. What, what street did you grow up on? on? Oh, actually, I actually have a good one. Daniel Tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my middle initials. Daniel Tuxedo in the return of big boobs. <laughs> Hi, I'm, I'm Daniel Tuxedo. <laughs> All right, well, what's your middle name? My middle initial starts with an M. M, Michael? Nope. Matthew? Yes. Wow. And my, I have a good one too. What is it? I am Matthew Springwood. Now, that is a classic. <laughs> I grew up on Springwood Place. That is awesome. Matthew, Matthew Springwood. Springwood. That's what I'm going to start calling you around the office. So you're David, David, Stone, David Stonewall. So David Stonewall. <laughs> yes. Daniel Tuxedo. And Matthew Springwood. And my wife is like you. She has a good one, too. She's Maria Saddleback. <laughs> Ooh, she's got a saddle I like to ride a lot. Let me tell you. All right, All right this is this is gonna be the These last one. These are the questions we were looking yeah, for. Right? This is gonna be the last Ask one. about the bears. This is gonna be the last one. <laughs> Add conch seven. You're magically no, two more. Two more. This is the last one. This is the last like juicy one that I have. Uh, you're magically trapped in an elevator, a spacious one. All you have is a cooler full of beer, one CD, and a boombox. Maintenance is coming in four hours to fix it. Ooh. You're trapped with three current NFL players. Oh. Which three players are you wishing to get stuck with, and what CD? Ooh. Man, man. Four hours. Let me pull up the teams. Four hours. All right, so the music thing's the first thing i got to think of here. I mean, I think with something like that, you got to go with an all-time great. Like, if I'm going rap or anything like that, I'm going, you know, Jay-Z, I'm going Drake, Kendrick Lamar. Damn, I don't even know if, like, Kendrick Lamar and Drake will have four hours worth of music yet. So, 
Jay-Z, Led Zeppelin. Those are the things I think of players now. Aaron Rodgers and Odell Beckham Jr. are damn going to be in that elevator with me. So just so let's get that off the right out. Give us at least one wild and card. And then um, mm, I'm going to probably get Jadeveon Clowney because he could probably do something freakishly awesome to get the elevator to go up to the next floor. Maybe just open the damn door. Just be like, There's a question. Open. Are the players able to get us out of right. the elevator? Uh, so I'm going Jadeveon because I love him and I have a man crushing him. And then, mm, man, I'm going with people I like, but this guy could have fights in the elevator, and then uh, that would be a problem. You only get three. You got your oh, three. three. Rogers, right. Beckham, and yeah, Clowney. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I'll take that. I am going to go... Nick Foles, Carson Wentz. Music, Music-wise... <laughs> Nelson uh, I don't know why Lauren Hill uh, that uh, right, you're obsessed with her lately. Lauren I Hill. mean, this is like the fifth podcast in a row. I also you think up that if name. you gave me like a Tupac what are you guys greatest listen to like Ooh la la la, that's the way that yes. we rock when we're doing our Wasn't thing. Wasn't on that album. That was on the Fuji's album. But uh, like a Tupac greatest hits, I would be down for. Sure, right. Um, you got to think of somebody that's got music for four hours. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, no, it's only one CD. They said. Oh. But in terms of guys that I would want in there. Uh, first thought, I want no fat offensive lineman. So my first thought they're was, I want, fart I want Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen's going to be in the elevator. We're going to have really good conversations. Going to be all over the place. <laughs> um, I also thought about having Jalen Ramsey because I, I think Jalen's going to crack jokes the whole time. Yes. I don't need all smart people. Right. Like I think Josh Rosen and Jalen Ramsey would be really fun. I, I Jalen actually went in my brain too. Um. And then I also, I'm not going to go cool, like I'm not going to go Alvin Kamara, uh, I'm not going to go corny with Russell Wilson, I'm not going to go Jimmy Gar- Like if I had like a Richard Sherman, Jalen Ramsey, uh, Josh Rosen, me listening to, to Snoop, I'd be, I'd be feeling good. <laughs> feeling good. Maybe a Dixie chick? Oh no, Gosh, that would be bad. Uh, that would actually... There's really no good answer. No, there's not. They're all good answers. They are. That's what we give you here. On I the just Sims know I don't podcast. want really. I, I deliberately really tried to cancel out big old linemen. No one that's going to sweat. No one that's going to fart. Yeah, and the yeah. submarine rules in effect in that one. Damn. Yeah, like Cam Newton would be cool, but like you're taking up too much room, pal. You're too. You're too. How dare you be that big? Yeah, let me get Darren Sproles, Theo Riddick, and like uh, the little Tyreek Hill, so you can spread out. Yeah, that little guy on the Chargers, Tyreek. Oh, uh, yeah. Danny Woodhead. Yeah. No, the other no, guy. The other guy that uh, fumbled at the end of that game. Yeah, uh, I know. I can't, can't leave Brandon it. Oliver. Nope, close. Wasn't Oliver? Nope. Was Not Melvin Gordon and his biceps. Can you look somebody up and do something today? Yeah, I'm doing it. Hold on. Man. Ezekiel uh, Elliott. Close. It's um, Zeke's legs are too big. Austin Eckler. I don't think that's it. Is Damn! That did he get cut? Are you talking about number forty-three? Yes, it was Oliver. I think I don't remember. All yeah, right. Well, well, anyway, that's the end of the podcast. Lefko, you want to wrap this thing up? Andre Williams? No, it wasn't him. I forget who it was. Uh, all right, guys, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Josh, thank you so much. Anytime, Adam, for organizing. I'm all happy that. to do it. I oh, really you're am. the best. Uh, guys, we will be back on Wednesday, I think. We're still trying to figure it yeah, out. Yeah, we do got to figure it out. Maybe we'll do another mailbag next week. We have, a, we have another Steve. We have a Steve Nash event in New York where he's like doing a big soccer event oh, that I right. have to help host. That's right. Um, but uh, I'm going to share something, too. I want you guys to get excited. 
Coming up in a few months, uh, Sims and I are not only going to have the podcast where we review the games and we preview the games and do what we've always done, but we're developing a bigger show that's going to come out on Wednesdays during the season. It's going to be the podcast, but on video, like in a, like a real studio in a set, and it's going to be us. It's going to be real. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. So I just want you guys to know that we're doing a lot of meetings for that right now, and we're really, really excited, and we're excited to share that with you. And I figure the mailbag episode was a good place to share that so for sims peace out homies for fendrick good night everybody keep tweeting at sims and left go share uh go on itunes leave us that five-star review we appreciate it i am the l-e-f-k-o-e man and we will holla 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 hope your weekend was great and we will talk to you very soon peace, peace.